In order to understand today's gospel, it is crucial to keep in mind the previous verse of today's section of the gospel, because it says it sets the context to today's passage. Matthew 9:35 says, "Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom." and curing every disease and every sickness. This verse is like the heart of the gospel, a summary of Jesus' public life. And it says that one main activity of Jesus was to travel, to go from one place to the other. We see in Jesus' public life those three years of fire that he comes and goes, he comes and goes constantly. And the Word of God does not say that he passed just once, but he went about visiting, staying, investing in those places. When you come and go, you end up knowing really that area very well. For the last year, uh, I have commuted almost on a daily basis from here, Tenley Town, to CUA. And by now, I can tell that I really know the, the route. I know the traffic. I know some people that are always in the streets. More importantly, I know where there are the cameras. <laughs> and even more where there are no cameras when you go through Rock Creek. But we may ask ourselves, why does Jesus travel? And the reason is he travels out of love, like everything he does. It is the love of him that leads him to be on the way, to travel, and not to stay. He has a fire inside that says, let's go. Let's go and reach out others. He has a message to announce, a kingdom to usher. His heart feels like an urgency, that he has brought heaven to earth, and people need to hear his message. In other words, Jesus is convicted that he is offering humanity a new possibility, something the whole history was longing for, and now it has become available, a new situation. Love, indeed, is the founding motivation of Christ's life and the key to understand everything he does. If he heals, it is out of love. If he teaches, it is out of love. If he goes from one village to another, it's out of love. If he cries when he sees Jerusalem, it's out of love. If he confronts the Pharisees or, or Peter, it is out of love. If he consoles the Samaritan woman or that widow of the gospel, it's out of love. If he multiplies the loaves, if he calms the storms, if he cleanses the leopards, if he gives sight to the blind, it is out of love. If he fasts, it's out of love. If he goes to a wedding at Cana, it's out of love. If he dines with Zacchaeus that evening, it's out of love. If he goes to Jerusalem, it is out of love. If here at the Last Supper he leaves us his body and blood, it's out of love. If he dies on the cross, it's out of love. If he rises from the dead, it's out of love. If he sends the Spirit, it's out of love. If he forms the church, 
is out of love. If we don't see the love of Christ in everything he does, we are missing the point. And this is precisely the same love that is at stake in today's gospel. It's the same love that moves him when he sees the crowds that are like sheep without a shepherd. The English translation says he was moved with pity, but the original verb is much more profound. It literally means he was moved to the core. His guts were moved. It's the same verb that the gospel uses when Jesus explains the parable of the prodigal son when the father sees this son that is coming back. Or the same movement of heart when the Samaritan sees this man have death on his way. So why Jesus' heart is moved? We can ask ourselves this question. And the answer is because they are without a shepherd. He sees men and women that are disoriented. And isn't it not true that in our daily basis we see a world that is disoriented? So many people that we encounter that are just surviving, they are existent, but living without purpose, without living water. That's why I love using the metro. Every time I can, I, I take the metro and I try at my best to look to people's eyes. And it's tough because 80% of the times you see certain sadness. People that look worried or sad. And many times I think if they knew the gift of God, if they knew the living water, every disciple is like a thirsty person that has found the well, that had received the privilege of encountering the living well. And so there are living streams open to everyone, but many people don't even suspect where to look for. So how is Jesus responds when he sees these people like sheep without a shepherd? He says, Ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. The harvest is plentiful, but there's few workers. So his first response is vertical. He's calling us to intercede. And again, the original verb is more powerful. It's not just pray. The original Greek means ask with urgency, plead, even more beg. He's saying, when I see the world that is suffering, I, I'm not asking you to do a random praying, prayer, a Hail Mary. I'm asking you, beg. A mother whose daughter is sick begs. A student that is waiting for an internship or scholarship begs. It's a strong verb. It's something that comes from the inside. So Jesus is saying, pray, beg for workers. And who are the laborers is the last question that we can ask ourselves in this Mass. In a broad sense, laborers are every Catholic who has encountered Christ. Each person, each of us here, have been placed according to his call to be a laborer for the kingdom. And in this month, we are dedicated to the families or to our living situations. And how important it is to receive this call the Lord needs laborers to work in our families, in our household, in our roommates. 
Even today we celebrate the Father's Day and isn't not a father a privilege, call a privilege, missioned to make present God's love. So let us ask this week for all of us that we may be instruments of Jesus' compassion, of Jesus' attentiveness, of Jesus' care for others. In a broader sense, it speaks to all of us. But in a more precise sense, all the biblical scholars agree that Jesus here is referring to something very specific, to the priestly call. Because he's referring to those laborers for the kingdom that will leave one day everything and follow him, as we just heard in the gospel. It says that Jesus calls all to intercede. The gospel of Luke says that he spends the whole night in prayer speaking to the Father, trying to listen from all those who may be called. And the next day, he summons the twelve, the shepherd calling his sheep by their name. And he calls them, he calls them by name to his heart. He summons the twelve. And at the heart of each of those calls is today's last verse. Without cost you have received, without cost you are to give. Someone that is called to the priestly life is someone who has experienced that he has freely received life, that freely has received faith, that freely has received the love of Jesus. At one point in his life, he started experiencing the privilege of what he has seen and heard. He realized that he has given access to something that not so many people have seen, the power of Jesus the need of his presence in the world. So Jesus is saying, when today I see the world's need, I sympathize with it. I feel compassion. I need men, he's saying into his gospel, that may share and make present to other men my compassion, that they may feel what I feel, that they may, they may desire what I desire for the lordship of Israel that they may go in today's Galilee's, that are school campuses, poor neighborhoods, cities, and make present my living heart that is moved with compassion. I need men to stand up to that call, Jesus is saying. And in a few minutes, we'll pray for Marcelo and Santiago because they have been called today to be instituted as readers. And although both of them have the privilege of knowing them for many years. They, they, many years ago, they have given their lives to be missionary priests in the St. John Society. But today, they give a step forward. And they will receive the only book that the church gives you in all the way of preparation to a priesthood. That is the Word of God. And this is such a sign. The only book that the church gives you is the Word of God. So they are chosen, in our word, to preach the word that continues Jesus' work. This word that they will receive is a word that heals, that gives orientation, that consoles, that raises people from the dead, that gives eternal life, that does not come back to the Father without giving fruit. This word, this word has power, and they will receive that. St. Catherine of Siena said, what kills the world 
are not words, but silence. She was referring to the men and women who know Christ, but do not speak about them. And so let us pray for Marcelo and Santiago and all those maybe here that are being called to a priestly life, that they may not remain silent. This world is suffering because people are being silent. And today we pray for this man that they may stand up and they may preach this good news. Let us pray for all those being called in this mass, that they may experience boldness and encouragement. And that many in this world that is suffering may proclaim with their lives the kingdom of God is at hand. 